ho ho merry everyone and welcome to episode 96 of the mighty whites podcast yes i have shaved my face yes i look even fatter now and i'm joined by kc how are you doing mate <laughs> I- i'm good i'm good <laughs> apparently i've killed you with the intro which uh, i should probably just say bye then and call it a day because uh you know, I may have killed you with the info, but uh, our midfield got absolutely brutally murdered <laughs> at the weekend. Uh, we got we got beat 6-2 by Scum. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, that did happen. <laughs> it was such a weird feeling, that game, because I, uh, I, like, I wasn't that nervous, and then as it got closer to kick-off, got re- started getting really, really nervous. I was like, you know, but like really, right? Here we go. This is fucking massive. This and three minutes later, I was just sat giggling. To be honest, the start was so bad that I wasn't even angry. When the first one went in, I was a bit angry. When the second one went in, I just went fuck's sake and just started laughing. I, yeah, the when it went two and a half, three minutes into the game, you shouting at the TV. He's in again. Yeah. Scott McTominay is breaking through from midfield again. Yeah, could we not? Could it not have at least been like Bruno Fernandez? <laughs> like, yeah. uh, it was just, it was as bad a start as I think it was possible for us to have. Both goals, just our midfield going entirely to sleep. And if I'm being honest, it it wasn't just the midfield. For the first two, it was clicked. You know, the way we were set up, Rodrigo was f- on Fred and Click was on McTominay. And he just... He just, he just wandered off. Like the first one, if you look at the first one, they both break forward and leave the men. But it's the... It's just watching Click. Because if you, when you're watching video of it, they're next to each other. And Click sort of uh, goes across and stands with Fred. And Rodrigo's on the other side of Fred. That's why when McTominay smashes it in to the bottom right corner with his right foot, you just see Click sprinting his ass off to try and get there. Because <laughs> he knows, oh, bollocks. <laughs> he knows that's my man. Uh, I mean, for the last few weeks, we've had a lot of concerns over marking at set pieces. The, the Man U game was just... was <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fair play. Um, yeah, we struggled with marking at set pieces. Uh, the Man United game was just struggling to mark at all. Yeah, no marking whatsoever. It was just, as I say, it was a com- it was a comically bad start. There's no way out of it. We were just really, really. In fact, that that's not enough. Really, 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 really not at the races at the start. But the weird thing is, and now don't get me wrong, we were second best throughout in this game. That's not what I read today. Uh, no, because, well, we'll come on to that. Uh, we were second best throughout, but up until the fourth goal, I thought we were in the game. No, I I entirely <laughs> agree. Like I went into half-time where... For all intents and purposes, we are getting battered. But there was just that little bit of your head just going, we could still come back from this. Yeah. um, We have it in us to create the chances. It's weird. I didn't think that at halftime. When it was 3-0 after half an hour, I still did. When it went 4, I went, nah, it's gone. And Cooper's goal didn't didn't bring that back. Uh, obviously, the first two goals, McTominay breaks in midfield, smashes his one in. The second one was a really good touch and finish as well, to be fair to That's Step over was a wonder. It's, yeah. <laughs> not what, it's not what you expect of you, on-rushing, deep-lying playmaker. Yeah, sorry, Brad Carrot saying, what's happened to your face? Well, what's happened is you can see it, and it's not a fucking pretty sight, mate. <laughs> as much as, oh, I just didn't want it in the way while I ate Christmas dinner. <laughs> I don't know. I'm re- I'm relying on my facial hair to uh, keep some scraps around for Boxing Day. Yeah, um, we uh, the third goal is the one I'm I'm 
I was struggling to remember, but that's one where Fred broke away from Rodrigo and just had the free run right through. And then Bruno Fernandes won it that scored. Yeah. Uh, it was very, 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 very easy. Uh, the fourth one's the set piece, isn't it, where corner comes in, flicked on. Calvin Phillips is not in the same goddamn postcode as Victor Lindelof. That's I am that was the, that when he turns around though, it was the turnaround of a man who just went, "That's where I'm supposed to be." Yeah, it, it was just dreadful marking. There's no way around it. Uh, and then we'll probably end up going through this game quite quickly because you know it's depressing and we don't really want to talk about it. Uh, but we did score from a corner, which is slightly annoying. Yeah, it was a it was weird to see, but it was a good it was a good header from Cooper. Oh yeah, uh, I just feel like the two goals we scored in this game should have been saved for a, an occasion where they probably would have meant something, as opposed yeah. to like scoring from a corner, which we hardly ever do, and an absolute thunder bastard. Yeah, like I suppose right now, would you have rather lost six nil, but guarantee those two goals to be against Burnley? Oh. Mm. I was thinking more about, like, I don't know, this magical FA Cup run that we're going to go on with the, what is, will be the 23s and Dallas and Cooper. Um, yeah, and Dallas will be playing this time at glances down randomly. Da, da, da. He is going to be playing up front. <laughs> okay. And he will do fine. Mm. No, um, the fifth goal, start second half, that was the Dan James sprinting through on goal one. That's the only one where I think Melier should have saved it. Yeah. It wasn't much of a finish. Uh, Steve Hartman saying Phillips looks really bad for that fourth goal, misses his man like someone with a white stick. I think that uh, a blind person would have probably done marginally better because they'd have heard the movement. Or at least tripped <laughs> Lindelof with the stick. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's a great player with Phillips, but that was a bad moment. So if everyone was bad, the I'm, I actually can't remember which order the goals were on. Did they go 6-1 or was it 5-2 then 6-2? I think I, it was... Was it not 6-1? I That says a lot. I genuinely... I think so. That's when you know you've conceded too many goals. Yeah. <laughs> like you know that you have conceded too many goals when you can't remember the order they were in. Oh, uh, no, it, yeah, it was six-one because that was the Fernandez penalty, wasn't it? Which the uh, customary Fernandez penalty. Yeah, which did get me some money. I refused to have money on uh, Man United to score the penalty because I didn't want them to score, but I did have money on Man United to take a penalty because I mean, was there anything? That was there anything that was more nailed on? And I'd love to go, oh, I would fucking blame that night with a penalty. Yeah. <laughs> Just flicked it over Strike's leg and Strike kicked his leg out of his leg. <laughs> at least at that point, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, but Stuart Dallas with an absolute fucking screamer that I barely reacted to. <laughs> you just laugh because you just sat there thinking, all right then. This means nothing, really. <laughs> I, you know, it, it's that strange thing. I've, I've said to a few people now, it's it's, a, it's only the second time in my lifetime we've scored twice at Old Trafford. Because most of the time, even under the swashbuckling O'Leary days, we just got hammered every time. So it was quite nice in that regard to go get a couple. Yeah, I, in the end, like obviously, we were miles second best. I, do, I don't think there was four goals in it in terms of like the actual balance of the game. I think I don't want to just use the XG numbers, but I think if they'd have beat us by two, that'd have been about a fair result. Mm. But it shouldn't have been four two because I feel like that for the chances it should have been eight six. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, just look, obviously, like Melier made, I think he made eight saves and I think six of them were good ones. Quite a few right towards the end as well, of, yeah. you know, when he could have well or truly thrown in the towel and just, and just thought, oh, bollocks to this. But And then De Gea made a couple of good ones. Bamford missed that first half chance on his right foot that was a good chance and the header. 
mm. which was a really good chance. And then that, there was the Harrison one, which was an absolute sitter. And he pulled it wide. Rafinha had his half volley thing at the back post, didn't he, as well? Yeah. It was uh, a... As a it, it sort of... It's why I... I mean, obviously, we're all very much... Everyone everyone who's not a moron is very pro Bielsa anyway. But that's why I stand... I completely get it. I think that even though it went completely tits up and we got hammered, I think we've more chance of winning at Old Trafford playing like that and hoping they have a bad day in front of goal than we ever would sitting back and just hoping to cling on. But to be honest, by by the time they got well in front, I don't think it was ever really down to the system. A lot of it was down to individual errors. There was a lot of sloppy, a lot of stupid and sloppy passes. In what the I would middle. say is, to be devil's advocate, our system is individual because it's man to man. Oh so, yeah, but, but there, I just is, mean, in there is an that, argument. There is an I, argument. But I do mean in terms of us going forward, it wasn't as if they were breaking his debt. Like we, I, I felt like very much we were our own worst enemies. In as much as the, we were very sloppy in possession in, in the middle, I th- you know, I thought Rodrigo gave away a lot of passes. You've got clicking and Phillips not tracking men as they should. You know, that's that's not down to the system as such. That's down to that's down to individual errors. Yeah. You know, it, and if if those players do their job, I'm not saying Man United don't create chances, but I don't think they score six. Yeah, it, that um, is one thing. It, I suppose it, it's the perils of if you've got a man-to-man system, if the men make mistakes, it can be punished. And if you're doing it against a team that costs 500 million quid, mm. that it's going to get punished more, in theory. Like, I mean, the, Man United may have beat us by four when Chelsea only beat us by two. But when we Chelsea played way better against us than Man United did. They were so much more dominant with Chelsea than than because they they restricted us to the chance like restricted the number of chances we could create. Whereas Man United didn't like you know you look at the XG, uh, we've, we've created the chance you know chances worth a couple of goals there. Um, we didn't do that against Chelsea. <laughs> no, um, and you know realistically, as we've gone through the number of chances that that we didn't take, that's on top of the two that we did score. No. I, you know, I don't think it's out of order when when people have said this game could have finished eleven six. Like I, no. I don't. That such were the number of ch- chances created throughout the game. Yeah, no, like uh, that's uh, Andrew. Honestly, is Alex who came on the podcast to preview it from a Man United side? He did, and he's saying that without the two early goals, it is a different game. Uh, but you know, you can't take away goals. We did make the bollocks of the start, and I, we got rightly punished for it. It I'm happens. just trying to imagine a world in which Marcelo Bielsa's team talk is essentially, boys, keep it tight first 10 minutes, yeah? Nothing silly. <laughs> if in doubt, put it out. Let's, <laughs> let's get a foothold in this game first. But that's, uh, I imagine that's probably what's happening in West Brom's uh, changing rooms at the moment. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the other way to go. You bring in Sam Allardyce and you have, and I know they went down to 10 men, and you have 0.04 XG in a home game against a local rival. I mean, the, the thing is, you can't start having these arguments about Bielsa changing the system now. He didn't do it at Bilbao. He didn't do it anywhere else. He's not going to do it here. And we knew this when he hired, when we hired him. So this yeah. idea that he's going to suddenly change his system or philosophy is just not going to happen. But you're there's also people who... And, and fair enough, everyone's entitled to their opinions and that. But there are people who are genuinely saying, "How oh, we, you know, I'd rather we play a purely style of of football and, and been a lot more solid and, and you know try and nick one." And I just like, and yeah, sure. If if you've built, if you've got a Pulis or someone like that in charge, you can have a different team altogether. But that, like. Yes, it, it's you could call it embarrassing to lose six two. You know, it's not great when any p- professional team concedes that many goals. But that was so much more entertaining than any Pulis game, any Warnock game, any Sam Allardyce game is ever going to be. Oh no, I absolutely agree with that. Like I, I have seen us get battered before. 
and that, that there's never been any way of taking anything positive or getting any enjoyment. And Bielsa is so magic that we've just managed to get beat 6-2 by scum. And there were still bits of it I enjoyed. Like, I mean, take when we got beat 7-3 by Forrest. Oh, 7-2? 7-3? 7-3. 10 goal Tuesday. Yeah, 7-3. We scored three goals in that. I didn't enjoy a single second of it. No. When Watford absolutely destroyed us, I know we ended that game going out to about nine men, didn't we, at some point. Um, again, you just you were just watching that, and, and at best you could muster, what the fuck is going on? Um. The, like there's there's the odd bits like Blackpool, which was a little bit funny, not because it's happening to Leeds, but you're essentially watching the death of a career right mm. in front of your eyes with that one. But you know, with this, like like as as Alex just said then as well, like it's quite nice to to have Bielsa in the ninety second minute losing six two, screaming at the players to attack still. You know, it wasn't, and I don't think the players ever gave it up. And and yes, sort of the edge, you know, the edge had gone out of the game. With twenty minutes left, of course it had, but there was still intent there to go forward and try and create problems. Yeah. No, I say, I, I, I mean it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't swap him for anyone. Like there is no doubt about it in my mind. I would not swap him for anybody. Uh, the thing that really made me laugh coming out of this is he sort of preempted all the reaction. You know, he came out and he said, "Look, we're going to get told that we." You know, we're taking too many chances and we need to change the way we play. But we're not going to do that. And he's, and then he said, you know, and it was the thing in his press conference where he said, oh, I, you know, the media is not where I base my decisions on. A lot of the things that you read in the media are true. You, there's some people who analyse well, but for the most part. So anyway, in response to him saying, I... You know, I don't like the way we're reported upon. I don't think that it's accurate. I don't think that it's fairly done. A certain number of morons have decided to completely take everything he said completely out of context of it. Uh, so I'm going to call this Simon Mullock and other moronic people. Uh, but Simon Mullock is the one. He's, uh, I believe he's like Chiefs football reporter at the Daily Mirror or something. And he's even shared, he's there going, oh, Bielsa's. 41-minute rant on how Leeds were superior to Manchester United. It's not what he fucking said, though, is it? Like, he said, oh, uh, in terms of pos possession, we, he said it was, um, Man United, you look at the running stats and it was Man United's biggest, you know, their best performance in terms of running stats of the season and Leeds' were superior. In terms of the ball, in terms of possession, we were superior. And then he even specifically said, but that in and of itself doesn't mean anything. So he said, we had more of the ball and we ran further. When he's saying, remember, it's going through a translator. When he says, oh, we, we were superior, it literally just means we had more. We had more of the ball. We ran further. He said, Leeds, he said in terms of good chances, Leeds had as many as Man United. I'm not sure that's true. But it, there probably wasn't many in it. But mm. these fucking clickbait twatty headlines, Marcelo Bielsa's 41-minute rant about... When have you ever heard Marcelo Bielsa go off on a rant in a press conference? No. I, I, it's hard to rant for a fucking translator, you thick twats. <laughs> no, bearing in mind, Marcelo Bielsa is someone who speaks very methodically. As he goes, you know, he's not, he doesn't speak particularly quickly. He never makes eye contact with anyone. Yeah. And I've never seen someone have a rant to the floor. Um, it's, it's so daft. And, and again, the, the outlets that have done it don't surprise me at all. You see, it's one of them, like, obviously, the, the, Big 41-minute rant headline wasn't even the mirror. He said that on his Twitter, and that's mm. why I picked him out. He was the first one really going. And, you know, people like Sport Bible and stuff have run with it, but they, they're literally clickbait farms. 
the Daily Mail, I hate the Daily Mail, but generally their sports reporters are not the same as their news reporters. Mm. It's not the same thing. So, like, I didn't expect better, but it really was fucking poor. I mean, I don't expect better from the likes of Simon Mullock. I mean, you have to remember that Simon Mullock got himself in all kinds of shit when he reported, oh, Paul Pogba and Bruno Fernandes won't feature again this season after a training ground collision because it left both players with ankle ligament damage. Now, that story was from basically The Onion. He read it and claimed it as an exclusive and put it out. And then all the other papers followed, according to a report in the mirror. But it was off, I think it's called so- it's Soccer on Sunday. I wonder when he should get a clue that this isn't necessarily real. Headline, Pogba and Fernandez out for season after training collision. Uh, the first opening quote, that's me fucked, Solskjaer told Soccer on Sunday. Credit to Ed Woodward, he pre-sacked me this morning ahead of the games we were about to lose. It's nice to have that certainty that I won't be here soon. Anybody know if Mulder have a manager? He ran with that in a fucking national newspaper. (laughs) As a... And KC is apparently gone, so I'm ranting away to myself. <laughs> uh, by all means, come in in the comments while I just talk about how it's really pissed me off the way that um, it's been reported on. Because there's also quotes in that article of him saying Manchester United were far superior in their finishing. The central midfield battle, Manchester United absolutely dominated it. I, he di- he took the blame for not seeing that McTominay and Fred would be so great in that game and completely run the midfield. But he just seemed unable. That people seem unable to have any form of nuance now. It's either he's a complete and utter fraud, or he's the best manager in the world. Whereas he might be one of the best coaches in the world. He probably isn't the best manager in the world. But that they can just let him. You know, he loses a game, and says, "We did this well. We did this well. We did this badly. We did this badly. We did this badly." And here's a 20-minute explanation of why I don't like the way the press reports on it. And the way that they react to that is to completely misrepresent what he fucking said. It's absolutely ridiculous. And it pisses me off. Because, like, I have a fucking journalism degree. It is... The one thing is you just... You report it as it is. You can write your opinion piece at the side. But don't come away from the press conference and say, this is what he said, when it isn't what he fucking said. No, the the, fr- the frustrating thing now is, you know, there's certain people I enjoy hearing talk about Bielsa's style of football. Gary Neville's one of them. One because he he is clearly a fan of the style of football, but but is also not immune to criticizing it when it should be because there's clearly times when it should be criticized. At this point, you know, the, our man for man style at set pieces at the moment is not working, and it and that. Is I think it is right to call attention to that. At the same time, I, I find it so... I don't know whether it's people being patronising because it's a newly promoted team that's having a go, or if it's the, the, you know, the people that hate Leeds that didn't watch us for the last couple of years in the Championship and are kind of retra- reporting on us on the first... Like the people who reacted to him when he named his team the other week as if it was such a novel concept where any journalist that had paid attention would know that after after the spying allegations, he did it for the rest of the season every week. Mm. Never never changed his team outside of maybe someone getting injured, which I think would typically get announced. Um, you know, he, he Bielsa is a guy who who speaks very honestly. He's not never seems to be trying to pull any you know pull the wool over the media's eye. Never. Try, pulls any punches and yeah he can go off on his tangents at times you know his um you know his apology to um was it Hernan Crespo he, he apologized to who was that 
Yeah, because he said that he was a, a very mature young footballer and stuff when he didn't actually think he was that mature yet. Yeah, and, and, and I can understand why there is this fascination with him. But your alternative is these press conferences that every week sound exactly the same of, of bullshit answers, you know, diversion tactics and... And that you know, at times you just like, can you just appreciate what you have here? If there is a man with a philosophy who, two of the most, you know, two of the best teams in the Premier League in the last couple of years have had teams based off his style of football, but they've also had hundreds of millions of pounds of backing behind them over a number of seasons in in Spurs and and in Man City to actually put that into a decent practice. Leeds have done it on, yes, we've spent a fair bit this season, but there's still the core of a championship team there. Mm. So, yeah, there are going to be setbacks and, and games like this. There are going to be games where we're outclassed, but that also happens to every team. Yeah, well, yeah. let's not forget, I mean, the same weekend, Palace got beat 7-0 by Liverpool. Yeah. And that was trying to sit back, have two men up top and play quick counter-attacks. Yeah. The and reason that we got on, that we will get a few pastings this season. If we get... Now, I know that we got beat 4-1 at Palace, but that wasn't a pasting. You know, like, we yeah. we were... at least We were as good as them, at least. You know, we got beat 4-1 by Leicester. I think Leicester deserved the win, but it was by no means a hammering. If we go, I mean, it worked out well against Man City at Ellen Road and we drew 1-1. But if that opening 20 minutes goes a different way, we could have been 3-0 down. Yeah. There is, we might get a few hammerings, but I am very much on board with, no, this is how we play, we'll go for it. And if it means we take a few hammerings, so long as the players know, and I think mentally they know, if we take one or two hammerings, if we take a few hammerings, that doesn't make us a bad team. I don't think it's going to destroy morale or anything. So if I just just have a go, I'd much rather the games that we think we're going to lose anyway. Like, yeah, I I mean, I think I had us losing this 3-1. And yeah. it was 6-2. Ah, well, that's a bit worse than I thought. But at least I'd, I'd rather have a go and get... If we're probably going to lose anyway, I'd rather have a go. And look, no... no. No tactic is infallible either. Mm. Like as much as you look around, you know, look at Man City at the moment. For all for all the millions that are in that team, for the for the absolute quality that's in that team, there are times when teams just go through patches where they don't finish. There are times when teams with good play, you know, with a great backline, will, will still get done. Like whatever tactic, and, it, and it's one of the lines I think I've said this the last couple of weeks. One of the things I absolutely hate to see is like people say. Ah, Leeds have been found out. If you'd have watched us play Wigan two years ago, you, you know, yeah. you could have seen what our weaknesses were. It's not <laughs> this hidden secret that you magically unlock. Like, there are pro we have really struggled against teams that have put 10 men behind the ball. Like, it's no secret. Yeah. And um, on this occasion, it wasn't that. This time it was we went man for man. Some of our men weren't up to the spot because it wasn't as if Oliver just switched off twice. Like Click had a fucking horrendous half. <laughs> like he, yeah. he just did. He's a great player. I'm a massive fan of his, but he had a really shit half of football. It happens. Phillips. That's one thing that Solskjaer was quite clever with. To be fair to him, as much as I don't think he's a great manager, he knew Phillips had part Bruno Fernandez, and he just had Bruno Fernandez sod off to the wing. So that there'd be a big space to run into. Mm. And we didn't react to it. Which is not great from the people on the pitch. And to be fair, it's not great tactically from Bielsa. They they saw a weakness, they exploited it. And it's but it's if click if click and Rodrigo actually track the men back, it doesn't matter as much because there's still a body there. And I mean the funny thing with the with the man for man stuff is there were times last season where, and probably and even the season before, when it, it always tends to be like Alioski or Barry Douglas would be marking their right winger. And their right winger would just go over to the left wing 
and Barry Douglas would just follow him there. Yeah. And and there is the obvious part you screaming, there is a giant hole on the left hand side. And it, and for the most part, it never mattered because everyone else was doing their job anyway. Yeah. Because if their right back did go sodding off into that gap, in theory, Jack Harrison had chased them back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and th- and that's what you get when man for man marking works. Is that you can have this flexibility and players be dra- dragged out of position. It doesn't matter as long as they're doing their job and whoever else is on that side is doing their job. It's fine. It just it just didn't work out. No. But, you know, we took a bit. In truth, I, we'll come on to the Burnley game. But at, I've said all season, 17th or higher. As long as we finish 17th or higher, I'm good with it. And in truth, that isn't going to be decided by what happens at Old Trafford. No. It might be decided by what happens when we play Burnley at home. Yeah. Uh, before we get on to that game, I will mention it. I don't know if you watched it. The 23s beat Fulham. It's 23s 7-1. Uh, I've just seen the highlights of the goals. Uh, you say I, I did watch this. We played, especially in the first half, we played some fucking stunning football. Like, out from the back, playing it round everyone. And... Now that Liam Cooper's injured, now Diego Llorente is apparently back available, so he will probably come in. But Charlie Cresswell picked a really good week to look like an absolute world beater. Yeah, he was, out, he was outstanding. Yeah, it's it's not the worst time to be a, a centre back in form. Um, you know, obviously Stroik will be in there, but now now we're up to nine subs. It's. I certainly think there's room for him on that on that bench. Yeah, I would so, think now, now Cooper's out, I would think, because Ollie Casey was on the bench against Man United. Yeah. I, as as much as Casey is ahead in terms of seniority because he came in last season, honestly, I think you reward a performance like that and I think Cresswell should get that place on the bench for this next one. Honestly, yeah. it wasn't just like, because, I mean, he banged in ahead of him a corner, but it wasn't just that. He won every tackle. It, he... Stepped out and intercepted, and then brought the ball out and played passes five or six times. He looked, he looked absolutely brilliant in that game. He was so good. Yeah, I thought from the from the highlights I'd seen as well. Cody Drama had another good game. Thought he, yeah. um, and again, it'd be, I'm starting to think we'll see a number of these players against this Fleetwood we've got in the cup. Crawley. Crawley, ah, they're all the same, aren't they? Yeah, they're basically the same thing. Um, yeah, I, th- I think we'll see a number of those players against Crawley because you know it's it's certainly not our priority this season in a cup run. No, like it is one of them. Like don't know, first half, we had a very very strong team out. Hernandez played. Uh, Roberts held the Costa. Held the Costa, who obviously had that bad run of form and he dropped out of the side. To be fair, all you can do is do well against what's in front of you, and he did stand out a mile. He played really well. Uh, Hernandez stood out really well as well. Uh, Gell Hart, when he came on, was really good. Sam Greenwood playing as a midfielder is interesting. He's kind of Rodrigo-ing, but he's a bit too attacking for it. Mm. But he, he's he got enough of an engine to play in midfield, and he quite likes to tackle as well. And yeah. he has loads of technical ability and he's really two-footed. So I wonder if that's something that Bales has just looked at him and thought, I'm not sure you're gonna be good you're not I'm not sure if you're gonna be able to do the Bamfordy role as a striker, but I think you can do the role as a centre mid. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting to see, but we we were very, very good. Uh, so on to the twenty seventh, a game which I will be able to watch, but I'm gonna to have to work while it's on. Because I booked off Boxing Day and the 30th to make sure that I was available for the games, and then they moved them to the 27th and the 29th. Or it might have been it might have been 26th and the 28th, and then they moved them. I just remember that the games weren't on that day when I booked my days off. Uh, As they say, Sky TV is fucking shit. Yes, it is. Uh, we obviously have no centre. We had no centre backs. Uh, sounds like Urente is back, so we now have Ailing, Urente, and Stroik. But Burnley usually play four four two. 
Yeah, this it'd be an interesting one because I know initially before I'd kind of started thinking about Burnley's tactics, I would have quite liked to have seen the return of, of Ailing to right back and and go with Yorente and strike. Yeah, as, as, as having actual two actual centre backs. Mm. Um, now again, I mean, I think maybe it's probably it, it would be a different test for strike than I was going to say a, a tougher test than Liverpool for strike, but I'll say a different sort of test for strike. As I doubt he'll have come up against many more physical teams than than Burnley will be from set pieces for him to deal with. Yeah, well, I mean, um, their, their front two is probably Wood and Ashley Barnes. Or, yeah. But if it's not them two, one of them will drop out for Jay Rodriguez, who's also a big, strong, maybe a touch quicker. but mm. And facing them off the back of a good uh, a good 2-1 win as well against Wolves. Yeah, they. Uh, I didn't see all of that game. I've only seen the highlights, but the people I spoke to who did see all that game said they played pretty well. Yeah, I I was impressed by them, and it's again one of those things. I don't particularly want to be praising teams too much just before we play them, but it's not my style of football, obviously. But you have to say it every season for the budget he's working on. The Sean Dyche does fantastic work with that Burnley team. Um, but they're you know for them they've got Robbie Brady back, who is sort is a more creative player. Charlie Taylor looked fantastic in periods and his work to set up their first goal was brilliant it was you know just him legging it the length of the pitch and putting in an absolutely perfect little cross yeah, as we said Charlie Taylor's one of the players I'm most worried about because as good as Rafinha is he hasn't yet demonstrated that his strength comes in chasing fullbacks back yeah and if Charlie Taylor gets away from him he's got a good enough left foot to cause real problems and if he does put in a cross you have to back Whichever two of their three strikers is playing against our defenders, yeah, and um, and again, like when you're looking at what they'll do from set pieces, when you've got Tarkovsky there, you when you've got uh, Ben Mee in there, again, good players who are who are going to compete for every header, and I, th- I think the one of their chances in the first half was was those two just stood at the back post. And essentially, one of them wins the header while the other one blocks the defender off from them. Yeah, and yeah. that's that scared the ever-loving bejesus out of me. Yeah, that they are. I mean, just physically, they're bound to dominate set pieces. So we have to be very careful to not. Give, they're going to get some. Don't give away too many. Uh, this is this that this game is my argument for putting all 11 players on the goal line and hoping for the best. <laughs> Just build an actual wall of people. Yeah. Stick them all on the line. Um, in fact, put them all on the line, apart from Melier, and let him try and get a hand to it. And if he misses <laughs> it, you've got 10 lads behind you. Absolutely fine. I don't know why teams haven't tried this sooner. Yeah, when I first thought Burnley four four two, I did wonder if we would go back three, Ailing, Urente, Strike. Uh, and I think that that is probably like for me, I think that's the way to go with Phillips in front and then Click, and it, I'd probably have to say Rodrigo drops to the bench. Because yeah. Otherwise, you're going to have. Rodrigo attacking, click deeper, and Phillips dropping in as a centre-back. The only thing that could be interesting is if they do play Jay Rodriguez instead of Ashley Barnes, Rodriguez kind of drops into midfield, and then you'd want Phillips on him. And we'd sort yeah. of end up... Then we'd sort of end up 4-1-4-1 anyway, and you'd end up probably strike DM with Phillips further forward. But you don't know what they're which one of those they're going to do until the team news comes out, unfortunately. But I think, what, I, had, I think I'd drop Rodrigo to bench for this one. We never had to have these sort of discussions under Neil Warnock, did we? No. Never had to, had to have to work. All you were thinking was, does Michael Brown start or does Michael Brown come on for the last three minutes to add to his appearances to get him an extension on his contract? Yeah. And to get a bonus, which goes where they will go places, I'm sure. I don't, 
not going to say where. <laughs> I mean, uh, if, you, if you Google Jason Punch and Neil Warnock. <laughs> yeah, Jason Punch will do a much better job explaining some of these <laughs> ideas than we can. Uh, and can probably afford better lawyers than we can as well. Yeah, because one of the things I've got here is, because obviously I have I've gone onto it and said it, but this isn't just Burnley. I mean, overall, when we're playing 4-1-4-1, can we get away with Click and Rodrigo? Um, I would say yes, but that is relying on them both being on form. You know, against Man United, I, I, I thought Rodrigo was completely ineffective, mm. coupled with Click being even more ineffective. <laughs> Um, and he didn't help that Phillips behind him didn't have a great game. No. <laughs> so, and then you just left with Liam Cooper and Luke Hayley going, someone, anyone, <laughs> try. Um, yeah, I, I think it can work. We've, we've seen it work this season. You know, it is probably carrying an extra attacking player that, there are certain games you wouldn't want to be doing that, but um, no, I mean, I I always want us to be that more attack minded, but yeah, I just I just think back to when we look. I mean, obviously it's a different level now, but I still think when we looked our absolute best was when it was click and four short with Phillips behind, which mm. is like an attacking mid, a centre mid, and a DM. Yeah. And at the minute, we've basically got a DM, an attacking mid, and a striker. <laughs> and, you know, I obviously doing the roles we're doing because it's man for man and all of that stuff. And his ability on the, on the ball, as much as Rodrigo has had some games where he hasn't been as good, on the ball, he is really good. I just think that even for the Bielsa style of football, I think that might be a little bit too aggressive as a midfield <laughs> pairing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even even with someone like Hernandez in there, I think you do get a little bit more restraint. Yeah, attack wise, even <laughs> even if, to Rodrigo. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that'll be interesting. I mean, Hernandez will be an interesting case now. I, I do think he is probably more suited to twenty thirty minute appearances off the bench, and or in the case of the Newcastle game, just giving the last ten, he'll be fine. Yeah, well, you can give him the last ten if we're three to up. That's for certain. Yeah, um, yeah. It's. I feel like against someone as organised as Burnley, if someone like Rodrigo is is kept out of the game, then you you, as you know, as obvious as this is to say, you're essentially playing a man down. It's a it's a weird one to think because they're, they're not as negative as they have been at other times, Burnley. But you would think that they're not going to overcommit. They'll have the two up top. But like, if we have Phillips and Click in midfield versus what'll it be? It'll be Brownhill and Westwood. Yeah. As much as I, I think they're both pretty good players. But I would back Phillips and Click in that duel. Yeah. Whereas, I'm not sure if I'd back Click and Rodrigo against them two, with Phillips dropping in deep. To almost be a third centre back against a four four two. Yeah, because basically it sort of comes down to you either starting strike slash Lorente or Rodrigo because of the way that the team will move around. Yeah, and for me, I'd, I'd I think I'd rather have, especially with their height at set pieces, as much as Ailing's not big. Ailing Lorente strike is more useful than having Rodrigo dropping in to defend a corner. And I think that we've got enough without Rodrigo to still create chances against them, even though they'll sit deep and be a low block. Yeah. I mean, without Rodrigo as well, I do think it gives, it probably gives Click that little bit more freedom that he enjoys to, to venture forward. Um, you know, I I think if we go back to like the Palace game when we were out with without Rodrigo, it's probably one of 
Click's best performances for, I think, the first 70 minutes of that. You know, I think that was one of the games where everything everything we did well went through him. Yeah. Um, and obviously you add to that Rafinha and Harrison, who... Rafinha will be an interesting one, like you say, to the defensive side of him. Um, but again, at least, you know, you back, certainly back Rafinha to cause some problems, both on the wing and cutting inside. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd always, I would always start Rafinha. I think he looks brilliant. Yeah. Uh, as I, I think that, as I say, I think I'd have Rodrigo miss this one and I'd probably bring him back in for the West Brom game. But, Again, it would be very, very Bielsa to, other than Cooper because he's injured, just be unchanged. Like, would you be shocked? For, they say you, they're saying Uente is back. Would you be at all shocked if it's a two, if it's a centre back pairing of two and it's Ailing and Strike, and no. Uente is on bench? Because I wouldn't no. be shocked at all. <laughs> it's an interesting one with Uente. So obviously, getting thrown in like he did, you know, he'd been in training for about four days, then gets thrown in. After ten minutes at Chelsea, misses gets injured, um, and then yeah, now we're really struggling for centre back. So it looks like he, you know, there is a chance he gets thrown straight back in again. When I think Bielsa would still like to give him a bit more time to to bed in with the system and and get used to the playing style. Yeah, well, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what what comes of it. Uh, Obviously, that's on Sunday. There'll be plenty of games on Boxing Day. Uh, but but it's I can't believe it. it's quarter to eight on Christmas Eve, and I, it feels nothing like Christmas. No, no. I, the song "It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas" has uh, never been less true than it has this year. No, I mean it's going to be weird that this year the main association I have with this Christmas, one of them is going to be a camel spider, thanks to the talking shit lad. <laughs> <laughs> What a quiz! Hey, it was that was a cracking quiz until it went wrong. Uh, I, I, if any of you haven't watched or listened to the last episode of Talking Shut, where they did the Christmas quiz, you should. One, it's a good quiz, but it all starts going wrong. And if anything, that was better because it was so Leeds. There were so there were some fantastic comments. Yeah, it was so Leeds. So I'd go on YouTube and watch that if you if you were stuck in. Well, either in tier four or tier three, because I don't think there's anywhere around here that's still two, is it? Is some of North Yorkshire still two? Oh, yeah, North Yorkshire. So if you're in, if if you're, if you're in Fairburn, you're fine. Yeah. We, uh, we can we can walk for 10 minutes and we're in tier two. Yeah. God, there's part of me actually wants to just walk to, because it really is walking distance and just go in a pub. Yeah. And have just a substantial just, meal. Just sit down, you look around and just go, ah. Yeah. Uh, so we will uh, we'll get away. Um, it's the games are twenty seventh and 29th so we'll probably be back on the twenty eighth. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Yeah, that's probably when we'll get to do it. Uh, what is your prediction for the Burnley game? Oh, I'm going to remain ever the optimist in the face of all evidence against. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go with us winning. I'm going to go back to my uh, usual of a 2-1 win. I think it'd be very, very Bielsa for this to be when we finally keep a clean sheet. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going Leeds win 2-0 uh, in this one. And God, I hope we do. Because if we bounce back, if we bounce back with a win, getting battered at Old Trafford suddenly just do not matter and no one gives a shit anymore. And uh, the same people who've been slagging Bielsa for not changing his style will be the same ones going, look, he's stuck to his principles and it's worked. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to believe anymore. Yeah. So uh, that will do us for episode 96 at Mighty White's podcast. We're on Twitter at Mighty White's pod, where some of you might well be watching this. Uh, we're on Facebook, Mighty White's Podcast, and MightyWhitesPodcast.com. The stuff we write goes up on Through It All Together, which is on Twitter at THRU, it's all LUFC, and ThroughItAllTogether.SBNation.com. Uh, the articles will probably be quiet for a few days because it's Christmas. There'll be the stuff in and around the games, but unless something major breaks, you know, everyone's going to be... I mean, like, for instance, tomorrow, everyone's going to make most of the one day where you can see your family because, of course, that one day 
is either you're immune from COVID or it's more important than COVID. The second one I'm willing to accept as an answer. <laughs> the first one is bollocks, but they're just trying to get people to believe. Uh, so that is the end of that. Anything to add, Casey? Uh, spare a thought tomorrow for Gary McAllister, who is one of those unfortunate people who has uh, his birthday and Christmas on the same day. Yeah, that does suck. Uh, also, spare a thought if you have anything to have edited or recorded, spare a thought for the Medicine Room Studios, which I almost forgot to plug. Uh, they're at medicineroomstudios.com and Medicine Room Studios on Facebook if you have any audio stuff that needs editing, if you want to add to the 29 million Leeds podcast that are out there now, as we all become obsolete as the Leeds official podcast has now been launched and we all get hammered into the ground under the awful throes of capitalism. <laughs> and then the square ball still wins anyway. Yeah, square ball still wins anyway. <laughs> uh, by the way, that is a, that is a joke. I don't begrudge him at all. If they're going to do an official one, they should have someone who used to play for Leeds, Beckford, fair enough, and someone famous, Neville Longbottom. He's pretty famous. You know, yeah. it makes it makes sense. It's I mean, gonna... I think it was, you know, you, you look at the LUTV lineup, and I think it's between Neville Longbottom, Ben Parker, or Emma, who I don't think needs to give Leeds fans any more reasons to get in touch with her through Twitter. That is that is probably fair. And, you know, it is a weird thing that, you know, in the prophecy that is there in Harry Potter, it was actually three people that fit. You know, there was Harry Potter, Neville Longbottom, and Ben Parker. He's also... <laughs> yeah, he, he was also well-placed to be the boy who lived. <laughs> his hips didn't, but the rest of his did. Uh, so that'll do us. I've been Jack in a bit. I've been Casey. Have a good one. Cool. See you later.